What is going on? You are listening to Tags Podcast, aka Talk About Gay Sex Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie. This is episode 412 alongside Jeremy Ross Lopez. How you doing, Jeremy? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good on this Halloween evening when we record this. Of course, joining us as well is Cody Maurice Doggett. How the hell you doing, Cody? Hello, darling. I'm doing wonderful. Still recovering from my party, but, you know, I'm here. I'm doing it, boo. <laughs> yeah, I saw some pictures, Cody. What can you, as like I said, when we record this Tags podcast, it is Halloween evening and the streets are full here in New York City. I am hunkered down here, going to watch some scary movies, but that is it. What yeah. did you do and who were you? I saw you on the dance floor <laughs> from afar. Yes, I was Starfire, and Joe, my boyfriend, was Nightwing, and we went to Webster Hall for Devil's Playground. It was fantastic. We had such a great time. We danced to the wonderful beats of Ty Sunderland. It was so. It was just so much fun. Yeah, it was great. Nice, scantily clad. I loved it. Both I mean... of you. <laughs> if you got it, flaunt it, right, girl? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, on the other hand, for my Halloween, I went to a private party. A friend of mine's downstairs neighbors had a party. And we, unlike Kim Kardashian, who went to Tracy Ellis Ross's 50th dinner party on Saturday night in full mm -hmm. costume, thinking that it was, she went as Mystique, <laughs> Kim K fierce. did, and yeah. Tracy Ellis Ross, it was like her birthday party. So totally, I <laughs> almost did the same thing. We thought that this party was just a party when my friend told me about it weeks ago. She said, do you want to go to my neighbor's party? And we thought it was like a housewarming party. I don't know what we were thinking, what we were uh -huh. smoking, but... <laughs> Turns out a week before we realized, oh my, I'm like, Seanette, is it a Halloween party? She's like, oh my God, it is. So I went <laughs> shopping and inspiration in my closet because <laughs> I have one of those kind of closets. Yeah. Jeremy, I know you know. Yes. I visited the rack and <laughs> put together what I called Eyes Wide, a leftover guest from Eyes Wide Shut ball to interview with a vampire corset. Yes. You can Love go to it. my go to my instagram i am underscore steve v and see what i put together there it was fun i but head to toe clothes not one inch of my skin was showing including <laughs> my hands bad. oh thank you yeah it was it was a lot of fun we were kind of outdoors too so it was probably better that i was clothed but lots of fun super happy to celebrate the holiday jeremy did you do anything else and we already talked about your costume you went early on in the season yeah so i went last weekend to a big halloween party and i had uh, a makeup artist do uh dia de los muertos on me and that was it i just did that this year fears yeah. i feel like yes I, fierce. I feel like it's been a long holiday halloween season which i kind of love because it's really one night, if you think about it. Yeah. But for some reason, the way it fell on a Monday, we got two weekends out of it, which I think is perfect. And I think there's also been a lot of like shows leading up to it, too, and movies and stuff like that. Right, yes. I spent, yeah. when I wasn't at the party, I was watching like a lot of old films, Halloween-type films. Not really scary on TCM, the classic movie channel, and just loving it, having such a good time with all that. So, yeah, it's been a good 
good season. We do, though, have to give our thoughts and prayers to the people of Seoul. Did you guys hear about what happened in Seoul? 154 people died on the streets of Seoul. Wow, no, I didn't hear oh that. So on yeah, Saturday night, yeah, on Saturday night, tens of thousands of people flooded into the area in central Seoul, Korea to celebrate Halloween. And I'm told that it's an actual, the the entire Korea does not celebrate Halloween, but this one area does, and it's filled with restaurants, nightclubs, bars, and typically in past years, it's a fun place to hang out with your costumes and kind of bar hop, be in the streets. But they're thinking because of COVID, and we'll talk about that in a second, that it's everybody, internationals came out to celebrate that. And there was no protocol on how many people were going to this. Well, mm -hmm. tens of thousands of people flooded into the area in central Seoul, but panic erupted as the crowd swelled with some witnesses saying it became hard to breathe and impossible to move. More oh than a goodness, more than 150 people were killed in the crush with dozens more injured and authorities now have launched an urgent investigation to find out how what was supposed to be a night of celebration went so horribly wrong as families across the country mourn and search for missing loved ones. I did read earlier that two Americans sadly lost their lives in this, just going to have fun. Yikes. It, yeah, it's in the area Horrible. called Itawan, which has long been a popular place to celebrate Halloween, especially as the holiday became more popular in Asia. In recent years, some even flew to Seoul from other countries. Um, but like we said, for the past two years, celebrations were muted by the pandemic. And so it does bring up, I am deathly, I used to go to a lot of large events, large scale events, and I just can't handle it anymore. I don't know if it's just a product of showing my age or whatever. I just, <laughs> my anxiety levels really just go up and I don't really enjoy myself anymore. But it is a product I feel of being in lockdown and the pandemic, we're seeing some of these repercussions because now everybody wants to go out and I don't think we're really ready for this. And it's sad yeah. that 154 people, actually the number I just saw the tick on the TV over there lost their lives. Um, wow. Does it mean, yeah. It's, so our thoughts and our prayers are for those in soul, but I don't know, Jeremy, does it make you not want to go to events like this, at least in the near future? Or? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I've never, you know me, I big events have never been my thing. Right. And I don't mind them like every once in a while on like a holiday weekend. But for the most part, I really like intimate. And so I, I'm also like kind of affected from COVID where like I don't like to spend long periods of time in public settings even i like shopping is something that i've always loved to do <laughs> right and when people get too close to me at a store mm -hmm. i like just kind of shut down and i'm just like perusing quickly and in and out and i don't know i just like my uh social anxiety definitely kicks in than it did before and i can't even imagine being back in New York City, like on the train and stuff, dating yeah. so many people. Well, you'll see when you come in December, but it's gotten, the streets are crazy. And oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Cody, you were at one of the largest events yeah. that the gays threw this past weekend. What were you, how, do you, how do you handle some of this 
large crowd size are you seeing just them come out in stroves and how's your anxiety level or you probably don't even suffer from it oh i definitely do it's actually a little bit i it's it's wild because i do go to these parties but i still feel like if there's too many people on me then i have to take a break from it i have to go somewhere where there's not that many people and yeah. i def i definitely am on the outskirts of the dance floor uh, the vast majority of the time uh, joe loves to be in the middle so i uh, <laughs> oh my god <laughs> you know what's humor funny? Him and go. is like our spot at the eagle in that corner i love yeah, like i being love away it. from everyone but like you and me both see everyone that is the, the spot yeah that i put a, a, a ticker tape on or i mean a play of my mark my spot years ago i just yeah. Yeah. So I find those kind of things too. like yourself, Cody, will go to the sidelines. I'm totally fine. Even in movie crowded movie theaters, I tend to be on the outside. I know a lot of people love to sit in the very middle. I just have <laughs> a little bit of a claustrophobic side to myself. And I'm I always thinking, what if... <laughs> What if yeah. the walls started caving in? Uh, where's that exit sign, honey? Yeah. And you just don't know. And yeah. I don't believe me. I talked recently about hiking up and going down major cliffs. And so I'm not in panic central by any means. But for some reason with crowds of people, and I do think we are a little affected by what the trauma that we all went through with that is known as COVID. So, yeah, but hearts and thoughts to the people that lost, you know, the families that are left behind. Because it's just, you do not want to ever think that you're just going to a celebration by all right. means. And that's, one, that's 154 too many people that we lost in that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it definitely. just makes me so sad. Um, moving on to, you know, we talk a lot about ryan murphy's Dahmer on netflix and he's gotten a lot of controversy surrounding it because essentially people are accusing him and netflix of not contacting the families that are still around of the victims that were lost due to Dahmer. and one so many people have said why did we need another Dahmer?" i have been a proponent of the series because i think it focused on the victims and I don't think that really gets out enough. It wasn't so much, I didn't, and it was the first Jeffrey Dahmer story that I ever watched. So there may have been 20, but I only watched this one. I know you're a big fan of it, or at least enjoyed it, Jeremy, um, when you watched it. Yeah, definitely. He, Ryan Murphy finally has addressed the controversy surrounding the series that was set in 1978 through 1991. It's a 10-episode program. Uh, in a recent interview in the series, quote, I was never contacted. Oh, so people, some of the, the victims' families said they were never contacted about the show. And they said, mm -hmm. I feel like Netflix should have asked if we mind or how we felt about making it. She told the news outlet, they didn't ask me anything. They just did it. But I'm not money hungry. And that's what this show is about. Netflix is trying to get paid. Well, finally, in wow. a recent murphy interview because he's probably felt the heat <laughs> he was asked about this he is quoted as saying it's something that we researched for a very long time and we over the course of the 
three, three and a half years, when we were really writing it, working on it, we reached out to 20, around 20 of the victims' families and friends trying to get input, trying to talk to people, he said, as reported by The Hollywood Reporter, quote, and not a single person responded to us in that process. So we replied very, very, so we relied very, very heavily on our incredible group of researchers who I don't even know how they found a lot of this stuff out, but this Mm -hmm. is, this but it was just like a night and day effort to us trying to uncover the truth of these people. And towards the end, Murphy said that the goal of the series wasn't meant to highlight Dahmer, but shed light on white privilege and discrimination. Oh, and nice. that really sits well with me because that's actually what I got out of this quote. Mm-hmm. Something that we talked a lot in the making of it is we weren't so much interested in Jeffrey Dahmer, the person, but what made him the monster that he became. We talked a lot about that. We talked about it all the time. It's really about white privilege. It's about systemic racism. It's about homophobia. Um, Paris Barkley, who directed a handful of episodes, added that the series was meant to celebrate the victims. That's what I got out of it. Uh, when Tony writes, I won't disappear on that last card, that's what the show is about. It's about making sure these people are not erased by history and that they mm-hmm. have a place and that they're recognized, he said. And so, and I would add, so that their memory is not in vain, you know, mm-hmm. that we remember yeah. that. I got that. I definitely got white privilege and how a, a certain race is is treated differently or forgotten actually erased and not given the time of day by the police during the late 70s to the early 90s which was all of the victims stories and i think it really gave a face to who these people could have been mm-hmm. and i found myself not like a normal horror film cringing and closing my eyes but crying i think i was had tears wow every episode i don't know jeremy can you elaborate on what you felt and what so you i think they did a really good uh way of hiding some of the actual gruesome events that took place so i think that it really was in depth about each character and trying to get as close to who they were as a person and explaining their backstory rather than like showing him drilling through people's heads and eating brains and things like that, which all took place. Right. But I also think that what people have to remember is the way that uh, new generations learn about certain events is by new adaptations of past events. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, in a way, I think that this was a modern, modern, new, fresh way of showing a story that has been told before, but not in this specific way. And I think that Ryan Murphy was the perfect person and director to have do it. And I honestly think that this was one of his best pieces of work. And I like some of American Horror Story, but I would say there are a bunch of seasons that I don't like at all and couldn't take seriously. And I felt like this may win an award i thought the acting was that good and i just love niecy nash and it was just i think the adaptation really spoke volumes and was just very well done and was less about the the killing and gruesome aspect but it still gave you the information and the facts and 
everything that took place at the time. I would 100% agree with you. And the thing about it is I tend to sometimes fall into watching, not all the time, but some of those true crime series. And oftentimes you could watch back-to-back true crime, or I can, and maybe you are seeing this horrible things happen to these people and okay let's watch the next one and so this did (laughs) not do that at all instead it was wiping away tears for the loss of the lives and honoring those that we saw because they did have a life and where it didn't focus so much on the gruesome details and yep next it was oh my god I was lamenting the loss of this person who had a life that they gave insight and whether they fabricated some of it and created some to fill in some of the blanks. Mm -hmm. It was a life that made me, they, at the very end of the series, they put up all the names too, Mm -hmm. and they list them. And I just, you know, it almost makes me emotional right now thinking about I, them. It's making me emotional. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, Cody. I know you didn't watch it. Not but I'm sure you have some thoughts. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, just be, you guys describing what went down and how it made you feel. That's the most important thing in all of this. And also Ryan Murphy's intent was to respect these people and to give them a voice and a name. Because it's so, like he said, it's so easy for... And the reason that Jeffrey Dahmer was able to get away with it for so long was because that this is a completely forgotten uh, perspective. And all these people are completely like just not taken note of. So right, I think because they were black. Exactly. So I think that this is a, the perfect tribute to them. So I can't wait to watch it now because you guys are making me emotional and making me want to watch it. <laughs> oh so yeah. Right. I think, you know, grab Joe and see if you want to watch it, but it's, I have to dramatically- steal myself though, because I am a crier. I am a, a big, big crier. <laughs> okay. Get ready. Get the Kleenex out. Cause I was crying. I know. Fuck it. Yeah. Okay. Well, in other TV news, and this is kind of an interesting parallel. I'm going to parallel two stories and it's kind of a cultural analysis, if you will. Just work with me here. <laughs> Actor Theo, I'm a big fan of the show White Lotus and season two just premiered. Did either of you watch season one of White Lotus before? I first yes, I did. Them? Yeah. I loved it. I adored it, and I cannot wait to start tonight White Lotus 2, although it's in between my Halloween films, so I've got a lot to cover. But uh, actor Theo James is in the brand new White Lotus season 2, showing a lot, like his dick. (laughs) And halfway through the episode, a character named Cameron, played by Theo James, goes up to the hotel room with his friend's wife, uh, Aubrey Plaza, who I really like a lot, to change into some trunks. And he does so right in front of her. I watched the scene and you see his dick flop out and it's pretty huge, um, which is really great. Uh, the actor joked that in it's in his contract to be, quote, fully nude. Maybe he was joking, I'm not sure. Theo began trending on Twitter after a changing scene revealing his schlong between his legs, and there's been some Ooh. talk it's a prosthetic, but nope, I don't think so. It's, I think it's his real thing. It's 
really <laughs> I think he's going to be showing more you know we're seeing more and more and he's beautiful Have, do you know who Theo James is you guys yes, yes. oh my god <laughs> that was the quickest yes we've ever we've ever I had on the show okay you guys come down you came through Chelsea apartment here <laughs> gorgeous man so I'm going to parlay that with a an Another story that I got from a porn star, OnlyFans creator, Irish porn star, Andy Lee, claims he has one of the UK's largest cocks, okay? A bloke who claims he has one of the British biggest penises has told how he absolutely loves being well-endowed, even though it scares off potential partners. Andy Lee is 34, originally from Dublin, but living in... Stevenage or Stevenage? Oh, interesting. Um, has a ten and <laughs> has a ten and a half inch penis, thought to be one of the biggest in the UK. The Irishman is proud of his massive bulge, as it's how he rakes his tens of thousands of pounds every month. He told the Sun, "My penis made me my money, and I got and got me where I am. I'm a porn star. I do mainstream porn and OnlyFans." I don't want to brag about money, but I'm very successful. I came from a really poor background. My mum died when I was young and I don't have a dad. So it's kind of a success story. I've got everything I need in life now, all thanks to my big dick. I'm comfortable now. I have a sports car. <laughs> I do pretty well. Um, so parlaying these two stories, do you think that, I guess my question is, now that we're finally getting dick in TV and yes, mainstream culture, do you think it's pushing some of these OnlyFans porn stars to now have to step up even further to say, well, if we're seeing it on TV, I can't just have an average size. I got to push it. I have to do everything I can. We saw it over the weekend with all of porn stars and OnlyFans creators posting all of their sexy versions of their Halloween costumes, sometimes dick out. It's a different time now, Cody. And do you think that they're having to step it up because we're seeing it more now on TV? Um, I don't think so. I think that it, when it comes down to it, the the perform what separates the perf, uh porn performer from the mainstream performer is the actual performance, the sexual performance. So I think that just that aspect is really going to separate them from the pack. And as long as they know how to throw it down in the bedroom, then I'm <laughs> here for it. So that, that, and I think that having a big penis is only an added bonus when it comes to being a porn performer but you don't necessarily need it. And Jeremy, what are your thoughts on seeing more dick in primetime TV or at least streaming platforms? And my second question would be, do you think that this Irish bloke was being like over the top or does he kind of need to be? No, I think he's being, it sounds like he's being pretty honest and I love, uh, nudity being a little bit more freeing and i think that with having an only platform one thing about it is that you always have to stay on top of your game and create yeah. new content and be creative <laughs> on what you put out there so i don't know if it would if it has any anything to do with tv i think in general all all the people that have only fans pages need to constantly be evolving and updating their content if they want to stay in the game yeah absolutely well stated yeah you have to make 
because there's so much competition out there and mm -hmm. we all know when we post pictures you got to find a different way to i find i i find i try and put pieces together whatever it is whether i'm clothed or not clothed but it's it's fun being creative and i feel like we're all have to step up to the platform because you cannot just put up any old picture badly lit or poorly audio sound you know you can't do that anymore you have to really curate your content and mm -hmm. if you're an only fans creator you really have to step up to the plate so kudos to all of everybody doing you know what the culture is dictating these days i'm here for it okay now into some news of fashion making a statement we're going to call this next segment okay. cody do you know who cheddar gorgeous is yes i do know who cheddar gorgeous is i love them okay. uh, well, <laughs> cheddar gorgeous is on the uk drag race currently and she has been applauded for using her runway look to start a discussion about hiv stigma oh. the theme was tickled pink saw the star donning a black bodysuit embellished with bright pink triangles which she explained were inspired by the act up movement an organization fighting to end the aids epidemic its slogan silence equals death was branded across the outfit the wow. manchester based queen explained the significance of the clothing to dakota Sch schiffer Who's Dakota Schiffer, Cody? She's another queen. She's a younger queen. And she, <laughs> uh, they are, I'm sorry, I think they're not. You're the cliff notes of this show, <laughs> Cody. <laughs> and I'm not caught up now. So this is news to me, too. So I'm very excited. So thank you very much, Steve. <laughs> okay, hopefully I'm not oversharing. But the Manchester-based no. queen explained the significance of the clothing to Dakota Schiffer. Quote, during the HIV AIDS crisis in the 80s, the ACT UP movement took those symbols that were used against us and turned them into a symbol of queer resistance. Pixie Polite criticized the inaction of the government at the height of the epidemic, referring to it as willful genocide of queer people she wow. continued i know so many people who are in their 50s and i'm like why don't you have friends of your own age why don't you hang out with all young people and they're like everyone i know died and if we had been born slightly earlier we would have been dead too cheddar proceeded to reflect on what it was like to grow up in an era when people's fear of hiv was intertwined with homophobia and that part really resonates with me because mm -hmm. at the height of my going out coming out in my 20s was the height of the AIDS epidemic so it was like I'm horny and I wanted to get out there but I was plagued by this whole thing and it was fear that and you know Lincoln's talked about the same thing because we're about the same age and so I'm really glad that she, they're putting a messaging about what it was like to grow up in that time period, but still you were trying to be sexual at that time. Lastly, quote, I grew up watching adverts on television of grave of gravestones dropping, she stated. I live with that legacy. The idea that sex for me was linked to contagion and death. Did you watch this episode yet, Cody? Not yet, not yet. Tonight I okay. feel like I'm gonna be watching okay. it. Now. <laughs> You know, I'm I'm really here for this. And lastly, and then I want to hear from you guys a little bit more today. I was I want to hear about the messaging of 
HIV, but what do we feel about fashion and messaging and the power that fashion can have? I know my thoughts on it. Today, I was watching The View, which I really love, and Whoopi Goldberg, they were told to dress up as somebody that inspired them from the television set. So from mm -hmm. their TV favorite shows and Whoopi Goldberg dressed up as um, the Handmaid's Tale oh inspired. And when she turned around a huge cape with embroidery on the back of her red cape said, my body, my morals, my life, my choice, Good not yours. You. Yes. And what a, homage to the hit series the handmaid's tale but what a mess what a great costume for halloween yeah. and in the theme and what a great message to put out there you know i have to go to you first jeremy because you're mr fashion what what are your thoughts when people bring in political messaging are you here for it are you not here for it? you just want the fashion and you don't like that I am kind of torn because I, I don't really love it. But at the same time, when certain people do it, it's like epic. And I definitely love Whoopi Goldberg and anything that she has to say. Right. And I like that she's mm -hmm. extremely outspoken sometimes. And part of her job is to be. And so that was a perfect timing and just a good a good choice as an example and a place and moment and time to decide to have that as a statement. And so I think I am here for it. I'm not Mr. Politics and I don't really love it putting a damper on certain things, but I do love when it is used in fashion and uh, engraved on certain things and sewn into clothing and uh, used by people that have, a much influence. larger platform and an influence for all to see. Yeah. And in this case with Whoopi, I 100% agree with you. I think it made such an impact and just worked on every level. Cody, yeah. what are your thoughts about messaging and about Cheddar doing that for the HIV, teaching some of the maybe the younger contestants and, um, and the UK audience or whoever's watching? Oh, yeah, I totally love it. I think that when you have a platform like that, like Jeremy was saying, you have a responsibility to educate everybody. And drag in and of itself has always been about pushing boundaries and getting mm -hmm. the the gay perspective out there and what we have to go through and what we suffer from and our joy as well. So all those things wrapped into one is what drag has been all about. So I think that it's perfect for the show. And I love that Cheddar did this and I just can't wait to watch the episode now. I'm, I'm going to almost <laughs> sign off and head into the living room, but no, I'm going to well, be we here. <laughs> your contract still keeps you here for another 30 minutes. So, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> but it will be waiting for you with open yes, arms. Yes, it will be, Dalek. You're right. All right. I love it. Yes, Moving on. We love it when you write into us. And, you know, you can always ask us for relationship or sex advice. You can DM us at Tags Podcast or go to our website, tagspodcast.com. Get show notes and contact us from that point. But Carlos wrote into us, who writes into us occasionally. It's not really advice. He kind of wants us to weigh in on this recent Twitter handle. He said, hey, Tags, found this on Twitter. Thought you guys would have a great take in this. Seems pretty outrageous to me, but I'm sure people do have a lot 
uh, of rules, and you'll know what I'm talking about in just a second. Also, what are your rules on group trips or if any at all? Maybe some stories or some insight. Thank you and hope you're having a great Halloween week. Thank you, Carlos, and we appreciate that. So what he's referring to is something that kind of went viral, and it looks like Troy at Troy Mies posted this. Okay. But he said, I hate this. And what it is, is a legal pad, and it's called Rules for Miami. Number one, oh. <laughs> everyone must drink or be high all at all times. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Number two, everyone must be single or at least willing to cheat. Oh, hell no. <laughs> Number three. Number three, I'm... It would be on my rule list if I was going to Miami, although I don't go to Miami anymore lately. Sorry, Miami, but taking a break <laughs> still, I'm still on hiatus. But when I do go back, we must go to Twist. And oh, Twist is Twist. my, Twist may be, it's sad that I say the last statement and I, the next statement I'm about to make. Twist may be my, one of my favorite bars yeah, of all mine too. time. And of Palace. all time. Two of my favorites. Mine too. Mm, but Something about a bar that has multiple rooms and different music in every room and can I love manage so all much. of it, so including good. dancers in the shack and the I mean it's yeah. I wish it's not the we, shack. I'm just <laughs> we called it the shack the shack in the back. Yeah. And I just think that I would love more of that to see. And like, why isn't more clubs doing that around the world where you get yeah. different experiences on yeah. different rooms with different, like, hello. So they got that right. Number four, no complaining when someone wants hot Instagram pics taken. <laughs> Number five, randoms for the after party must be a Approved by 50% of the house. Number six, find my friends. Wait, find my friends remains on. Yes. Oh my God. What does that mean, Cody? That means when you, so that they can locate you by your phone at all times. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's a, that's yeah, actually so your a good location. Rule. It's a good rule. That's a, that's a good yeah. one. Okay. So yeah, we love number, so we love number three and number uh, six. Number seven. You must get fucked at least once. And, num <laughs> and, and number eight. Regarding rules for Miami, written by anonymous here. There must be one designated poppers holder in the group at all times. Well, you, well, you know, we have a new sponsor that we're going to be talking about soon. That um, I'll get you one, Jeremy, as well. You just screw this cap on and onto your poppers bottle, and it doesn't spill. It's oh. called Yush Yush. I will when you come here. I have it for you. Awesome. Yeah, uh, that would be probably easy for one person. I would be that person, I guess. And I'm here. What are your thoughts on these rules? And then we'll talk more about it, Jeremy. Um, and then we'll get more into group travel. So I think that I would reference like going on a trip with you, and I think that some of the like uh, most of these are bogus and <laughs> i think that a vacation should be a lot more lax than this person has described mm -hmm. and i'm like a beach sun water and partying vacationer so like i love to just sunbathe and be in the ocean like all day long 
and then yeah, I love to rest. I love to rest, and then I love to eat, and then I love to party. But some nights I'm not always gonna party, like till the sun rises, and then I'm also not one that always has to have sex on vacation. It's just like it if it happens, it's excellent, but it's not something that I would require everyone in my group to do. And I definitely don't need everyone's approval to have a plus one because I trust my friend's judgment enough Amen. that I think my friends have good selection in people and I have no problem telling them if someone annoys me or just avoiding the person. <laughs> so, and let's be honest, like large groups of gay guys can be intimidating. Yes. When, when I just, for me, that's been my experience. I don't yeah. do well with a large group of gays. I feel there's judgment and these lists that I don't want to, you know, I remember going in the past on large circuit event weekends and I didn't, I did like a couple of them with a friend of mine yeah. and my friend and I wanted to like, for example, in Vegas, and we wanted to kind of go have a cocktail at of this bar and this hotel and th there were rules like this that none of that nobody wanted to drink in our group they wanted to do other extracurricular activities okay. and it was a schedule of partying circuit partying that my friend and i i'm so glad i was with my friend at the time because he like me wanted to experience vegas we wanted to go have like a nice cocktail somewhere and yeah and see yeah. some others and see a show when sometimes and it sounds like this list with the gays gets really serious and mm -hmm. everybody in the group has to do this and everybody in the group has to it's no. like you get no uh, I am so anti the group like that. In fact, yeah. I'm the opposite of it. And I'm rebel and I'm a rebel at the core. I'm a rebel. I don't want to be like you. I don't need to be like I'm doing everything that you guys are doing. I'm going to be over at that fabulous hotel having a glass of champagne or whatever I'm doing. But yeah, I don't want you're so not the itinerary type. No, whatsoever. and I don't want to. And we don't need to be glued at the hips. So oh these lists, yeah, <laughs> I'm yes. absolutely not. But Cody, I kind of have a feeling you're more on this list thing. Not at all. Why would you why would you think I that? don't know. I just have a feeling. <laughs> this list is horrible, girl. I I agree with you 100%. I think at the end of the day, you it's your vacation, so you're responsible for your vacation and what you do on your vacation. You don't have to be with me at all times. I do appreciate and one rule I will say that I try to impose on if I go on a group trip is that we do one big family dinner together and that that is like the one rule that i have you give me an hour so we can all have dinner together oh that's and, nice and yeah i love that it, and that's a, that's lovely i think that what i'm really taking a lot of issue with on this list is you have to act like you're single. That that is causing problems in my relationship. Yeah. <laughs> what if like you and Joe went on this trip? Oh no, ma'am. What do they mean by that? How is that factoring into you know what I'm saying? Willing like, to so cheat? I would uh that is how you start a fight on a vacation because Well, I, I also don't like the the one about being high the whole time because oh, yeah, I mean then you forget half stupid. your vacation. Yeah, well, exactly. I know. That's there's a lot of I mean there's a few the, the twist thing I think for sure I think having, yeah. we don't want but the, the twist is like 
Obviously, if anyone's ever been to Miami, it's like a given because there's barely anything else that's gay there. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> you have no. twists and you go back and forth between the two. <laughs> From room to room to room. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I know. I don't know what they're talking about. It is. He wanted us to talk a little bit more, Carlos, and this next article. Let's just talk a little bit more about group travel. In this article that was written by the Instinct staff, can traveling with your loved one rekindle your relationship? I say Ooh. if your relationship's in trouble already, maybe, but I don't know. I think I've gotten gone on trips before with a relationship that I knew was doomed and we broke, <laughs> and we broke broke up if not on the trip the minute like we landed yeah. and so i think no traveling cannot rekindle a relationship if it's already in or if you are if one of you already knows there's problems on the horizon you know you just know and sometimes we i know i'm saying talking for myself we lie to ourselves and we try and well this trip may help us but deep down i think like now I know I probably couldn't go on a trip. I'm much more comfortable going on trips with f close friends and such. I did do that for a while, go on some trips like that. And it was a big mistake. And I know Jeremy, you've been on one with in one you can think of where mm -hmm. it just soured the relationship because the relationship was sour to begin with. And, yeah. And I think, I lied to myself, I'm just being honest, and thought, well, this, it'll work, and and ignored it all. Well, it didn't, because yeah. I do think vacations heighten everything. They heighten experiences. They heighten your endorphins, but they can also heighten hatred and animosity <laughs> that you might be feeling. <laughs> Maybe hatred is a little bit too hard of a word. I but hatred, wow. <laughs> No, I remember, for example, with Steve, like he could not wait to get the fuck away from this person. Yeah. And it was like any chance he got on the vacation just to sit at the opposite end of the table. He loved oh, it. Like, <laughs> yes. And it, I also think like uh, a vacation is the perfect, like perfect, uh, the perfect place to test the waters of a relationship. So like if you're on the, on the outskirts of like deciding whether it's going to work or it's not, or you want to get closer to the person, a vacation is the perfect thing to do to test that out because but a short go, one right exactly not not, <laughs> not no not, not Mykonos <laughs> not, not a week not in an island that takes take. planes trains and automobiles you yes. already get to yeah, not Mykonos. That's definitely for sure. I'm talking about like a three-day all-inclusive or South Beach for 48 hours or... How about a road trip? Just Yeah. Hiking. No, ma'am. Only if you want to hike. Well, uh-oh. Yeah. I mean... in a car with somebody? Oh, no. That sounds horrible. Cody, you... Okay. How long have you been together with Joe? What's your longest trip you've been on? How do you feel about traveling with Joe? 
It's been about a year and seven, eight months, something and like some that. Some change, okay. And a year and some change, almost two years. And uh, the last trip that we took together was to Mexico, and that was last year. It, we're due for a vacation because I don't think it can save a relationship. That's like saying that a baby can save a relationship, oh. and I think that that is all, both of those are horrible ideas, if you ask me. But I yes. do think that <laughs> it can revitalize a relationship, and I do think that it can help you find out some things that you didn't necessarily already know about your partner because not having the pressure of being home and having to go to work and have to pay all these bills and do all to, you can kind of just forget about all that stuff while you're on vacation so i do think it can you know give it give you a little bit of clarity as far as your partner is concerned so i'm here yeah, for you you're in a good place with Joe, obviously. And yep. I think that going, yes, it, you know, we shouldn't just so focus on the negativities of, because in its best moments, it can, like you said, can connect you with you. You're not at work anymore. You can just sit by the beach, the pool and really get to know each other on a deeper level and, and make some other plans together. And it can really be an amazing time together. So yes, I think when you're in healthy, like everything, when you're in a good space, you bring good energy. And so if you're not in a good space with your partner, you're only going to bring that energy to the trip. It doesn't That's matter right. if it's Mykonos or around the corner. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's this, you're going to bring that energy to it and it's going to reflect. Everything comes out in the pores. Oh, sorry. I'm always thinking about my skin, but yeah. <laughs> All right. Now to some fun Reddit threads. And Jeremy, we knew you would be game for this because Cody and I were working on some of these topics that we dropped for the other show the other day. And we're like, Jeremy would be good for this because he'll definitely have a lot to say. Um, first one says, what do you think is the most common time we all jerk off? A prominent Reddit thread said, I mean, there has a, there has to be a lot of data somewhere. I wonder what time it would be AM or PM <laughs> and what specific time do you think? So some people wrote best sleeping pill I know. So they obviously do it before <laughs> they go to bed, uh, right when I wake up, right before we go to bed. And when we get home from work, at least those are my common times. Somebody said that I saw some data on this year, years ago, it was mostly at bedtime. Most people do it at, as a sleep aid. Jeremy, we're going to start with you. What do you think is the most common time we all jerk off? Any fucking time of the day. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So I, mine really does take place any time of day. So I, sometimes the morning is my like happy hour. Then sometimes right when I get home from work, sometimes, I don't know, I'm laying on the couch and then I click on my Twitter and start looking at porn and then that works for me. And then sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night at like, 3 a.m. and jerk off and then sleep amazing till like seven. Nice. So for me, the answer is any time of day. Wow. I love that. Yeah. Me too. Mine, I think, is morning for sure. I tend to be horniest in the morning and it could be jerking, definitely jerking off in the morning for sure. Sometimes it's thinking about somebody that I've been with. Or where it could, or somebody that I want to be with. Let's be honest. And then <laughs> sometimes it's turning on my phone and going to one of my only fans 
and jerking off to that. But I tend to have a lot of hormones rushing through me in the morning. It's so interesting when you talk to people and how everyone's hormones are a little bit different on that. Mine are definitely fired up in the morning for sure. I love morning sex as well. So if I'm with somebody, it's not unheard of for me, even before I'm ready to get out of bed and have my coffee, to want to have sex if someone's next to me for sure. That being said, I can morph into, we can all be trained. <laughs> We're not dogs, but well, I've been with some dogs. But I think the point being is when I was with that guy that I talked about for a long time in San Francisco, when we were dating, he was a nighttime sex person, did not want to, he, at 6am, he was up making breakfast. So there was no morning sex. I got into it with him. He was also an alcoholic. So we tend, you know, we didn't go out late. And so I had sex with him at night and had a great time. Um, but back to the masturbation, Cody, where do you fall on the spectrum? And what do you think is the most common time we all jerk off? Well, when I was single, I would jack off mostly at night like clockwork, right before bed to, so that I could get the, all the endorphins out and I could just sleep like a baby. But now that I am in, in a relationship, I have my partner right next to me. So if I'm jacking off and he's sleeping or <laughs> that's a little bit strange to me. So mainly I do it if he's not there to release whatever... Uh, horny extra. frustrations that I have, <laughs> extra endorphins that I have, then I do it during the daytime and and sometimes in the morning when he's not, if he's at work or something like there, right like that. So, I yeah, but now it just varies. But before, I'm telling you, every single night before I went to sleep. Yeah, and I think it can vary for everybody. So that's kind of a question that there may not be one. I mean, there's some certain truths i think to the nighttime and there's some certain truths to people's hormones in the morning but mm -hmm. after all that i think it's just random because for one thing i work out and one of the things that workout does for you is it ignites so many of your feel-good hormones and your testosterone testosterone can produce a horny feeling so there's been oftentimes after a hard workout that i'm horny right after that and i want to bust one out oh, there's yeah. been yeah and so and people work out at different times of the day so we're going to get all kinds of answers in between so i do think there's truths the morning and evening and you're either typically on one side or the other but beyond that it's you know, whatever your day looks like. And often I'm producing these shows, mm -hmm. looking up sites like straight up gay porn for the show, which is work for me, but it can, you know, on Wednesday nights, we do a whole segment called, yeah. uh, what do we, what's it called? Thirst Trap. Thirst and trap. I'm going through trying to pick out my favorite one because I know I have to talk about it on the show and so part of our work is based on me doing a lot of research on looking at porn stars, looking at huge dicks, mm -hmm. bubble butts. And it's, it's sometimes I have to just stop, put the laptop aside or, you know, and bust one out. So, nice. so I guess, yeah, I think I'll stand by that morning and you're there and then everything in between based on who you are. 
Moving on, another Reddit thread wanted to know the question, masturbating before sex? Okay. Hi, I need advice on this. Two weeks ago, I hooked up with a very sexy guy. It was very sudden, and I had masturbated a couple hours before we got in touch. When we were together, we kissed a lot, and it was very hot, but I had trouble keeping it hard, and I could not finish. I apologized, and he said there was nothing to worry about. Now, I'm seeing him again this weekend, and I don't want to fuck it up, so I'm holding on. So I'm holding on masturbating, even though I'm a bit horny, especially when I think about this guy. Could masturbating before sex impact my performance? I'm laughing because, duh. Or am I thinking too much? And it's an interesting thing to say because I have masturbated before a date for mm-hmm. somebody that I was totally into that I knew I was going on a date with, that I really wanted to take this seriously and get to know this person that I was about to meet for a cocktail. And I thought, I don't want this to be all about, like, I want to jump on their bones. So I'm going to bust one out to get that out of my system so I can relax and actually be in the moment and present and enjoy this date and have a conversation. And so for that, I would masturbate. I don't think masturbating before sex it's a relative thing to consider because everyone's libido is different for me probably Mm -hmm. wouldn't be the greatest thing jeremy where would you fall on this spectrum uh i usually wouldn't before just to like save all of my stamina and if i do i like this person won't always like stay hard for the entire time or like won't come again it just really depends on the person and how into them i am but usually i will wait to masturbate because can you come multiple times or yes but it depends on the person so like if i'm really turned on by them i can but like say you're meeting someone for the first time that you don't know and then they're nothing like their pictures or I don't know, or the chemistry is just not as good as you thought that it would be, then no. But you also have, I'm going to stay on you for a second, because could you pivot in your repertoire of sex capades and say, please them? Like, I know you love to eat ass. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so you could, if for some reasons, like, oh, shoot, I don't know if I can go there right now, but I'm kind of... Yeah, there's plenty of other things to do. Right, yeah. What are your thoughts on the masturbating before sex, Cody? Oh, I am not a fan of it. I like to save all my juices and all my my horniness for the actual main event because that's when I put in my best work, darling. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, I like to save my juices for then, but then afterwards what i have done is i have masturbated after sex because i'm still going and i feel like whoever i'm with doesn't necessarily want to have a second go round. i don't know who this person is so i hope (laughs) but i I, yeah sometime I've, i've masturbated right after sex You know what? And thank you for saying that because I have too, even when somebody has left, because sometimes the pressure to perform and have that come shot that everybody wants to see, albeit from videos and OnlyFans, sometimes doesn't happen on cue like everybody wants it to. And you can still have an amazing sexual encounter experience with somebody 
and not come on command like everybody wants you to. And then maybe because of many things, you're just revved up over it, but it doesn't mean you didn't enjoy it. And sometimes I've said, I'm good and they'll leave and then I will have an amazing come experience on my own thinking about what just occurred. And that can be just, yeah. And it doesn't mean that that is always going to be the case. It just means that I didn't know this person that well, but we had, I had a great experience with them, but I just couldn't perform on cue. And that's a realistic outcome at times too. Yeah. But the memory is a microchip that is ready to bust. And yeah, I'm ready for it. And last one right now. Okay. Listen, (laughs) you'll get to your UK drag race and busting a nut. (laughs) Yes. We have one last topic. And I really like this one, particularly because we have Jeremy on the show, because a Reddit thread recently asked the question, how do you describe your personal style and what is your preferred style in a partner? Just like the title says, how would you describe your own personal clothing style and what style would you prefer in a partner? Me, I like to keep it simple and up to date. I hate brand logos, love button ups, overfit clothes, baggy pants, and cool accessories. Y2K meets workswear. Okay. Maison Margiela. Did I say that right, Jeremy? Yes. Maison Maison Margiela. And Acne Studios are brands I love. Partner. I love guys who are semi-formal in their casual wear, well-fitted trousers, cardigans, polo shirts, and button-downs. Think the row, Ralph Lauren, not polo. I don't care <laughs> about actual brands, just the vibes. Someone who looks like they work in finance and golfs on the weekend. Wow, so specific. <laughs> My goodness. Jeremy, how would you describe your personal style and what is your preferred style in a partner? So I would say I definitely play it safe. So I try to push myself to wear more prints rather than color because I really like to stick to chic black all the time. So I venture out here and there and I also hate logos. So I do like designer things, but I like them to not have any logos whatsoever. Yes. And preferably leather and black. I was good. If you did not say black, I was about to swipe your mic. <laughs> yes, definitely, definitely black. And I also like a significant other that wears black too. I think everyone looks better in black, whether you like it or not. And I also think that in the world where athleisure is so common, all athletic clothes look so much nicer and chicer when they are in black than any other color. I hate Heather Gray. I don't really love beige or cream sweats. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually prefer men in jeans rather than sweatpants. When they don't know what they're doing. And I, I don't agree. I don't love skinny skinny jeans. I really like like straight leg and I don't really love super preppy. So golfer is totally not my tea. I like like a jean jacket and ripped t-shirt type of fit for someone else. 
It's so funny. Thank you for sharing that. And I love your personal style and what you share. For me, it's so funny because I've always had my style and it's morphed throughout. I've been kind of a chameleon throughout the years with not even just my fashion, but my hair. And I've had every look under the sun. I kind of feel like I just want to do my thing at the time. And I don't really care what my partner is doing because... Mm -hmm. It sounds a little selfish, but I'm I'm going to do me. And I don't want you... I had a boyfriend at one point that tried to kind of keep up. At, so at this particular time, not now, but at this particular time, I was really into drop crotch pants and oversized, almost wearing capes and all this yeah. kind of stuff. And I had a boyfriend that wasn't a totally different look 10 years older than me that was trying to keep up with it and many of my friends would report back to me saying what's going on with your boyfriend why is he trying to don these looks that really do not work with his persona and i'm like oh my god and i know so i almost kind of don't care what my partner does as long as they own it on their own as long as you here's the thing that i disagree with is the fact that i think you would hate if they dressed like a slob so in the gay community there are gays that will not even give a fuck what they wear and like will be per se like smelly or sweaty or wear everything too baggy and stuff like that and i think that that's something that you and i both know we don't like a <laughs> good point i'd rather them try and look similar to what i was trying to do than not be smelly, smelly. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean with deodorant and cologne like yeah those yeah. are like staples for me and i want that in a guy as well if you don't wear either of those then it's never gonna work Cody, I love besides it. besides your partner wearing a crop top, <laughs> I saw that one coming and, a mile away. And yourself being shirtless, what <laughs> what is is there any requirements or just be shirtless you know and wear what? a crop top? That's it. That's my whole fashion persona right there, wrapped into one big ball. I love do it. Do you have a fashion persona? Let's uh, start. No, I, I know you're you I would describe it as hippie chic, urban hippie chic. I think Lenny Kravitz meets LL Cool J back in the day Ooh, from the okay. 90s. That's I love what that. I de- that's what I describe as my own fashion, what I try to evoke with my fashion. So yeah, I think that like I love a lot of skinny jeans. I love flannel. I love those. Flannel? <laughs> oh, sorry. I, so, okay, I know. <laughs> sorry. I love a say something hat day moment and scarves. I just, and I love my leather jackets. Oh my God, I love my leather jackets. And just like Jeremy, I think everybody looks good in black. So I think that my partner, I go for more sleek and sexy type deals. I love it when they show a bit of skin, just like I love to show a bit of skin as well. So crop tops and shirtless works for me all of the time. (laughs) Yeah, you know, we got to wrap this up. I didn't realize how late we're going. But um, it's just an interesting thing because you can't always, I mean, your partners, you're attracted to who you're attracted to. And you don't want to 
dress them immediately. And we all know those people that try and do that and make them their partner into a model of somebody that like, what are you doing to me? And so you want them to be themselves and comfortable. And that's why I think Mm -hmm. I said in the, for the most part, I'm using air quotes. I want my, I want to be able to do what I want to wear. And I want my partner, even if it looks like we came from totally different things, but I will agree with you, Jeremy, that yes, no, I don't want them to be, you know, in what did you say? Dingy gray or beige? Yeah. Smelly. No, just things that are non-flattering because I, I mean, I, I know how to dress most body types and and guys in all walks of life so i think there's just a certain way to help another person represent themselves that makes them feel comfortable yeah and let's be honest we all see the pictures of celebrities gay celebrities couples which i love that we're seeing more and more out and about and you know they discussed and they work together Mm -hmm. on the looks that they put out there and that's got to be a lot of fun to do with your partner to well what are you gonna wear and let me wear this that's gonna be me you know Joe hates it when I so we select our own outfits separately but when we come together oftentimes we have complimentary outfits on he hates it he hates it when I dress like him he hates it when I look like him it's so hilarious to me because <laughs> oh my god we, we're on the same wavelength apparently but he he's like he gets so annoyed he's like you but have to for change picture purposes I, I think, think that's really cute yeah <laughs> I think it works and it you does. don't and, and the two of you could not look any differently so I think yeah he needs to get over that one we'll me tell too him personally so. all yeah. right well in the meantime thank you so much this has been so much fun and as always you can follow my co-host you can follow jeremy on instagram at j ross lopez j ross lopez follow cody he's the life coach at kmd coaching kmd coaching and at mr maurice and jeremy do you want to plug do you have a design site yet that you want to plug i don't not, not yet as of yet okay it's coming i know Ooh, it's coming can't wait. yes and follow us of course on all platforms at tags podcast on the tiktok twitter all the above instagram of course or i am underscore steve v i am underscore steve v and in the meantime thanks guys so much fun always continue having hot gay Gay sex. sex yes